Hello, people of the internet. Welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahemuli Jr. And, ladies and gentlemen, back from the dead. No longer can we call him what we called him before, but we came up with a new name for Mr. Sean Walker, the digital deacon himself. Sean Q. Walker. Welcome back. Good to be back, guys. Good to be back. And also joining us is the local lovable Canuck himself, Zachary Hicken. Uh, so I, I will say this about Sean. I literally dragged him here um, to be here. Like, imagine uh, the movie Fargo, like how they <laughs> would transport like a body. That's how I got him here. Oh, in the trunk of my car. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, me and Sean were just down at volleyball. By the, by the way, your new car has uh, great trunk space. Yeah, it does. It's very spacious. Um yeah, able, able some to... might call it great and spacious. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but uh, yeah, me and Sean were down at volleyball and uh, decided, you know, it's been a minute since uh, we were all together. The gang's and, all uh, here. The gang's all here. So we. So let's to... uh, let's crack open a cold one for our us. reunification. Reunited and it feels so good. This is uh, Mountain Dew Merry Mashup. Mm-hmm. Not a sponsor, but we're listening. Ugh. Probably one oh, of my most that's favorite. Tasty. I've never had yeah. that. It's Merry up there. mashup. It's great. Is it a seasonal thing? I think it is. But yeah, it's holiday. It's, it's, it's limited, holiday, edition, limited for the edition right on the top of it. Yeah. Huh? I didn't notice that before. Um, on your glasses. On bro. that note, <laughs> have you guys ever power ranked your top five Mountain Dew flavors? Oh. No. Apparently, I caused quite the stir among BYU media a couple weeks ago. Because okay. they're like, what is Mountain Dew? We've never heard of it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's part of it. So, my number one always goes throwback Mountain Dew. It's the Alabama. Real sugar. It's it, yeah, real sugar. It's the Alabama of Mountain Dews. <laughs> um, and then I can't remember the exact order, but in no particular order, it was essentially uh, Code Red, which mm. an unnamed media member said reminds him of the taste of cough syrup. Well, that's uh, true. As well as Baja Blast, Livewire, and um, the blueberry one that whose name uh, I cannot remember. Yeah, no, no, no. Midnight uh, Rush is the live, black one. No, not Livewire. Um, voltage. Voltage. That one. Yep. So let me let me ask a question. Can we like maybe consider like flavored Mountain Dews, like what they sell at like So Delicious or um, Fizz or? Uh, we're not allowed uh, to use those names because they're not sponsors. Okay. <laughs> However, well, I would say no because they're they're mixes. They're okay, like but mixers. I was gonna say the best, absolute best, like version of Mountain Dew, is the So Delicious version. Um, Sorry, we'll bleep this out later, right. but uh, it's the uh, uh, the blue bombshell, which is sure, blue curacao, yeah. mm-hmm. yes. coconut, yep. and uh, what's the last thing in there? Passion fruit. Passion fruit. It's so good. Um, and so yeah, that's uh, that's my personal favorite. But absolutely. Um, if we're just going like plain Mountain Dew that they sell, number one for me, Diet Code Red. Number two, Diet Mountain Dew. Three, Baja Blast. Wow. Um. Four, I really like the uh, voltage, and then five, we'll just go throwback. I'm a big fan of the Diet Dews. I'm it, I'm Baja Blaster Die, you guys. That's my number one forever. Even if I'm on a diet, Baja Baja Blast will be forever the only reason to visit Taco Bell. <laughs> no, they have double chalupas now. <laughs> I still maintain Baja Blast <laughs> is the only reason to visit Taco Bell. Anyways, speaking um, of really bad dietary choices, though. Uh, you guys, you know what time it is? What time is this it, This time Sean? of year? Uh, 
It is really bad bowl season. Yay! Yay! We made it! We made it. We made it with like one out of three of our wheels. Like we barely (laughs) lurched into the. We're we're just creeping across the finish line to bowl season. Uh, but that's okay because that kind of describes our uh, three in-state college football teams creeping across the finish line right. after, in no particular order, a depressing loss in the Pac-12 championship game. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, Utah. Um, a come from be- uh, come from ahead loss <laughs> in a rivalry game. Sorry, Cougars. Uh, and the biggest loss of all, perhaps, one uh, Mr. Matt Wells leaving to Lubbock, Texas <laughs> after losing. At, after losing a Mountain West championship berth. Yeah. So, uh, it's been rough. Yeah, it's been a rough couple of weeks for our in state teams, but we're going bowling, guys. Yay. We're going bowling. Uh, and on that note, I thought maybe we could take a look at some of these uh, bowl game matchups. Sure. Let's hear what we got first. And uh, let's let's start in, in no particular order. Just kidding. We'll go in chronological order. I think this is chronological order. Uh, let's open Saturday, December 15th, noon o'clock mountain time at Dream Style Stadium in beautiful, scenic Albuquerque, New Mexico. Where you can find all of your me- crystal meth needs. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Walter. I'll be, uh, I'll be down there with uh, JJ, so it'll be a good time will be had yes. by all. How, how are you getting there? You're uh, flying? We're flying. I guess there is an airport in Albuquerque. There is an airport in Albuquerque. There was a whole subplot of the airport in Albuquerque <laughs> in Breaking Bad. Doesn't mean Bad. it's an actual airport. It's well, like, I mean, it literally I don't consider... caused maybe the second biggest national tragedy. <laughs> second sure. biggest national tragedy involving an airplane. Yeah, that's true. Um, Fair. Ogden but, also has but... a bustling airport. So. <laughs> but we're not here to talk about tragedy. We're here to talking about to talk about ten and two Utah State. Boom. Against nine and three North Texas. The Mean Green. So oh, man. Uh you know, when I first saw this bowl game, I was like kinda a little bit like, wow, this is not compelling at all. <laughs> and then I thought about it for a second. I was like, okay, North Texas is nine and three. That's not as bad, but it's still no, not, not super bad. compelling. Um it's not Okay, so I'm going to look at what uh, seven CBS bowl games, Sports put out. Seven bowl games in the last eight in the last eight seasons for Utah State. By okay, way. so there's um, that. So CBS Sports did Tom Fernelli. Uh, he ranked all of the bowl games. Uh huh. Um, out of 39 bowl games, this one comes in at 26. Oh, so it's not the worst. So it's no, but we will get to the worst. We are going to touch <laughs> on the worst. Later we will today. touch on the worst. It's um, also not the worst ranked uh, local bowl game. That's true. We'll get to that in a minute, though. But. Um, you know, these are two former uh, conference mates, um, which we found out on Sunday. I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, me neither. Um, and so but you have to go way back. Yeah, it's uh, like late 90s, mid-2000s. Um, the uh, old Big West. Yeah. Right? Yeah, before uh, uh, before North Texas. They're now in Conference USA, right? Yeah, before the Big West dropped football. So this was back in the day. Before Utah State went independent, I think. Yeah. Right? Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong in, on any of this. No, this sounds right. Um, but yeah, uh, old conference. I think North Texas won that last game between the two. Um, but Utah does, or Utah state does hold a slight edge. The, the one, the most compelling thing in this game, I think is like, these guys are basically like coaching themselves because yeah, literally their head coach, offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator all bounced, um, for greener pastures. Actually, uh, maybe I don't think there's anything green in Lubbock, um, (laughs) Except for the team. And obviously we know all about the green pastures in Ogden because, you know, they are the 
biggest manufacturer of dairy in the state. But absolutely. Um, so, wow. uh, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm excited to see Utah State back out there, and I hope that they can just put up a huge amount of points and kind of get that monkey off their back after uh, blowing the game against Boise State and getting rid of uh, kind of it, it was a letdown for a great season and um, kind of a disappointing end to uh, what they put together that year. It was disappointing also because I was there and I froze my butt off for nothing. So there's that in Boise. But you shared that all those moments with Rod. So there, it wasn't really <laughs> that's nothing. True. We uh, shared many uh, fast food items on our way. Okay. Next bowl game. I, I will say, I, I, I will add this about this bowl game. Uh, there is a chance by December 15th that this could be aptly named the interim bowl. Because as we mentioned, Matt Wells, currently the head coach at Texas Tech. Uh, Utah State will be coached by interim head coach Frank Miley. Future Aggie head coach? Question mark? Mm-hmm. We'll get to that later, maybe yeah. maybe on another pod. Uh, and then there's also a chance that Seth Luttrell, by December 15th, North Texas head coach, uh, he's considered a front runner for the Kansas State job to replace Bill Snyder. Wow. Oh, wow. So there is a chance that we could have an interim bowl, two teams coached by an interim staff, coaching staff in Albuquerque to kick off the bowl season. This sounds great. That's I'm so, so interesting. <laughs> I'm actually, wah, wah. I am really excited for this game. I've never been to Albuquerque before. And so, um, you know, it'll be, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a game. It'll be a game. Well, speaking of games, because this is definitely one of them. One of the nine. Mark, uh, the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. For the first yes. time, for the first time in the past six seasons, it will not feature the Utah State Aggies, who will be in Albuquerque. Uh, but we got to <laughs> capture that Utah market with the Idaho Bowl. Right. So Brigham Young, uh, December twenty first, December twenty first, uh, four p.m. Eastern time will be facing Western Michigan. The Broncos are going to Boise. Wow. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, on the aforementioned CBSSports.com post by Tom, from- Tom Fernelli. Shout out to you, Tom. Also, he's a podcaster, so podcasting colleague Tom Fernelli? Yeah, sure. We should, get him, on the, we should get him on the pod. Uh, Tom ranks the famous Idaho Potato Bowl as the number 39 bowl of the bowl season. (laughs) Oh, yes. So, yeah. So, you have a 7-5 Western Michigan team against a 6-6 BYU team. Both accurate. Literally, I have no idea what we're going to get out of this game. Like, because Western Michigan has a pretty good defense. Um, Better offense. Or sorry, they have a good offense. Excuse me. Don't don't doubt that. Tim Matching up against uh, BYU's defense, which we don't know what we're gonna get there. We don't, we don't know, even know who's Michael Shell. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, like, they held MAC champion Northern Illinois to seven points. Thank you very much. Okay, sir. but MAC Western champion. Michigan did beat Northern Illinois. <laughs> That's fair. That's um, also true. So yeah, it's just I I would like to you know think that there maybe it'll be an offensive shootout. Maybe Zach Wilson will uh, get his first win on the Boise Blue. Um, and maybe it's going to blizzard there while I'm there shooting the game. So also you drew the straw of going to Boise again I'm after you were there Boise. two weeks ago? Also yeah, I loved it so much I wanted to go back. And who are you going with? Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. I'm going to go by myself. Oh, nice. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be fun. But maybe it'll blizzard, and it's going to be the ugliest game anyone's ever seen, and that would be actually pretty hilarious. 
but it won't. Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> no, I recognized it. Um, you know what? Uh, I think the most Shouts compelling thing um, in this game is maybe what the best type of uh, potato is. Yeah. Um, let's hear. Let's what... talk. Like, do you want to do potato power ranking? Shout out to Curtly uh, Meekum, our former intern, for giving us this idea. But uh, potato power rankings. Um, where? Yeah, let's do the top three. Okay. Top three. So we'll just kind of go round table. Start with Hema. Okay. And work our way around the table here. All right, guys. Number three. Number three. My number three choice of potato is hash browns. Ooh. Breakfast hash browns. Okay. Um, now I, there's. I did not expect you to go here. I did Continue. not. Okay. There's debate on whether or not like cubed or like shredded. I all of them. I like all of them equally for breakfast. Number two, this is going to shock you. Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'll go three. Sean will go three. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do three. Okay, yeah. Okay, go around. Uh, my number three type of potato I enjoy the most is <laughs> the mashed potato. Okay. I like it. That's a solid choice. It's, uh, you know, it's easy to eat. Uh, you throw a little butter on there with some... Uh, you could uh, you could have it with gravy. You could have it loaded. Oh, you know what? We're gonna talk about gravy and potatoes later. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, mashed potatoes. Number three. My uh, my third favorite type. My third favorite way to prepare a potato because there are so many ways to prepare a potato. By the way, shout out to the people at Famous Idaho and the Potato Bowl because much like its sponsored institution, uh, there are also very there are also a lot of ways to consume BYU and Western Michigan football. Uh, my, my third favorite way to eat a potato though, is probably the way that I actually eat it the most. And that's fried, AKA French fries. fries. Okay. Um, AKA like the traditional fast food style, mostly Wendy's because McDonald's GTFO. Um, (laughs) so, uh, French fried potatoes. Okay. My number two on the potato power rankings. By the way, me and uh, Sean almost came to blows when we were discussing this yesterday in the Marriott center parking lot about 11 (laughs) o'clock at night. That's true. Okay. Guys, number two. I'm going to delve into the religious potato oh. serving category. Oh, no. Number two. No. This is, oh. you, not this what is where thinking. we almost came no. to blows. Not what you're thinking. Uh-oh. Latkes. Wow. Oh. Latkes are my number potato two. Potato cakes. Potato pancakes. Yeah. They're delicious. And they it's just like basically egg with a little potato shredded and like a little onion. Fry it up. Mm-hmm. Put that bad boy on your plate with some applesauce. Weird, right? But it's delicious. Interesting. Mm. I like that. I like that take. It's a little bit fiery, but also uh, good choice. That's like way off good the choice. radar. Yeah. yeah well done. Um, if you never had it, try it. I'm gonna go super specific with my number two. Okay. I'm gonna get specific with all of them. Okay. Okay. Number two is the waffle cut fry. Number two. I love the waffle cut fry, guys. Let me tell you, um, there was at one point in my marriage where my wife. Uh, saw my credit card balance and saw that there were in the triple digits uh, (laughs) spent at Chick-fil-A in one month. Um, Wow. And uh, triple digits. Yeah. She wasn't too happy about that. And every (laughs) one of those meals included a a medium sized waffle cut fry from Chick-fil-A. Interesting. So it's the best way to consume a French fry. I believe I like it. I, I'm going to say another restaurant that I like them at spits. 
Spitz. They have really good waffle mm. cut fries there. Spitz, is Spitz, Spitz does have very good waffle cut fries. Okay, so that's my number two, Sean. Um, I, I'm also a fan. So I'm a fan of Young Zachary Hicken's third favorite potato, um, but I had to consume them a little bit differently. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I am allergic to dairy. Uh, I don't do dairy products, and uh, and but I love me a good mashed potato. So, so I can't. How do you eat it? So I can't eat. I can't eat mashed potatoes with milk. You gotta make them with water, um, which sounds disgusting until you add in a ridiculous amount of of uh, of pepper. So you put a lot of pepper on them, um, and then you you don't eat them with regular mashed potato gravy. You eat them with like turkey gravy. So I guess okay. that's normal gravy for some people. But, yeah. No, you know what? But it's not like the creamy gravy. It's like the thinner, like broth gravy. Yeah, that makes sense because growing up, my mother never made mashed potatoes. Never made real mashed potatoes. She would buy those boxes of potato flakes. Oh from gosh. The, and you mix those with water. I guess you can mix them with milk, but you mix them with water. So yeah, that's not too weird. Okay. And my. Are you ready? Uh, I was just saying, have you guys ever put potato flakes on someone's lawn like before the sprinklers go off? No. Okay. Uh, me either. I was too poor for that. <laughs> me either. Okay, my number one. Mormon potatoes, a.k.a. funeral potatoes. Oh, he AKA went there. the best potatoes. He went there. Ever. Okay, so I'm going to say funeral potatoes just barely missed my top three. They're okay. probably coming at number four. I oh, love them. They, I, I understand that there's an argument that they don't even make my casserole. Top, they okay. don't even make my top ten. I'm but sorry. But they are mostly potato-based with no. cheese and oh. cornflakes. And cornflakes no. and cream of chicken soup. Oh, yeah! So you're making me nauseous, guys. So good. Oh, that's my number one. Okay, my number one. Hailing from my homeland of Canada. Oh <laughs> yes, it's the poutine. Oh, no. Weighing in at six ounces. <laughs> it's it's French fries covered in gravy and cheese curds. Guys, I love them. They are the best. You can get them at Costco in Canada. I wish that you could get them at Costco here. But let me tell you my favorite place uh, to go and get them. And now, of course, I'm spacing on the name of said place, but it's in downtown Provo. It's been a minute since I've been there. Um, it is, uh, wow, I can't even remember it right now. But uh, let me just say, poutine's the best. I, I have not had poutine, but it what? sounds delicious. Okay. We're taking you to. Um, it's set a restaurant here in Utah. Restaurant in downtown Provo. Um, gosh, I cannot remember. If anyone the name can of remember, it. add us at uh, Southern Sports. Style Restaurant. I'm googling this, guys. This is really compelling podcasting. This is high quality audio. <laughs> Station Twenty Two. Station Twenty Two. Oh yes, yes. Station Twenty Two makes oh, delicious. Sorry, right of Center Street. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Right, of course, right I as soon confirm. as I need a name. <laughs> I can't remember the name of the restaurant. Station 22 has the best poutine in Utah. Guys, I can confirm. we're going because I want to try that. Okay. We're going to make this happen. Okay. We're going to make this happen. All right. Are you ready? This is this is the hottest take I own. Just kidding. I have a this lot is, of This takes. is where we came to blows yesterday in the Marriott Center Park. Interesting. Uh, the best way to eat a potato far and away, and you have to eat it on April 20th, is the classic baked potato. Oh no! <laughs> baked potato is your I'm, number I one. I told you I'm this a, is why we. I was so upset yesterday. I am a fan of baked potatoes, and granted, I will. I will recognize that a baked potato, uh, about seventy-five percent of a baked of a good baked potato, is what you put on top of it. And I'm not a sour cream guy, 
Um, right. So I understand. Cause you will die. Yeah, because it will. It might literally kill me. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm I'm not a sour cream guy, and I do recognize that that so much of baked potatoes is, is what you put on top of it. But I will argue that there is nothing better than sitting down on a cold winter's eve and pulling out a piping hot baked potato <laughs> from the oven, fresh out of the tin foil mashing it with a fork, so not quite mashing it, but just slicing it up with a fork, and then drizzling steaming, hot, <laughs> spicy chili on top of it. Oh, it's the best. It's the best. Interesting. I was imagining, while he was talking, I was imagining, like, the Fiddler in the Roof, like, intro playing. Um, like, on a cold winter's night, need one potato. No, I was going to say the only thing a good bake, uh, the only thing a baked potato is good for is playing hot potato <laughs> and we end that there um do we want to talk uh holiday bowl yeah so let's move on to the last bowl game yeah uh new year's eve monday december 31st at 5 p.m mountain time 4 p.m on the west coast where this one's played boom at beautiful san diego county credit union stadium in the heart of God's country, a.k.a. San Diego. Shout to IB, where I used to live when I was a little kid. Shout out to the IB. Uh, number 17, Utah. The Pac-12 runners-up <laughs> against the runners-up of the Big Ten Conference, the c- real conference of champions, number two, <laughs> Northwestern. I guess we could call this r- the runners-up bowl because um, it's like literally you're the, the runner-up to uh, the uh, the everything in the, in the conference, but... You're also playing on New Year's Eve, which is the runner-up to <laughs> New Year's Day, and all the great bowl games played on New Year's That's Day. Funny. So, I like that. Um, I think uh, so. On CBS Sports, out of 39 bowl games, this one comes in at 27. So it's the second-highest-rated bowl game of all the local bowl games. Um, if you like offense, this is not the game for you. <laughs> no, if you no. like defense and maybe a nine-to-six final. Yeah. Tune in. At least whoever goes to that, who's going to that, Matt, to shoot it? I think Matt, Jeremiah, and Rod are going. Oh, of course they are, because it's awesome weather. It's going to be great. Yeah. yeah, who doesn't want to go to San Diego? Come on now. Oh. But anyways. Uh, I, I will I will say I like Utah in this bowl game a little bit more than I, want, than I like Northwestern, and that has nothing to do with the fact that uh, Northwestern has the <coughs> second best journalism school in the country. Looking at you, Medill. Hashtag Newhouse Pride. Uh, but I do like Utah in this matchup, namely because Jason Shelley, backup quarterback and current starting quarterback for the Utes, was the only Pac-12 quarterback to throw a touchdown pass in their cha- the conference's championship game. <laughs> to the what? other team. Oh. <laughs> I was um, like, what in the I world I will say this. Uh, I like it. I, I like Utah in this game as well. Because Utah is playing Northwestern's football team, not Northwestern's strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> Fair. Those of you who uh, are on the Twitter machine, Instagram, you've seen him. Go this do a guy's search. an absolute meathead. <laughs> he will wear a one-layer T-shirt. In, a size small. Like, yeah, a medium T-shirt <laughs> in like negative 20-degree weather. In a home game. And, in a home uh, game. Have you ever been to the south side of Chicago in November? Yes, I have. It, it cold. Awful. It's awful. It cold. Yeah. 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 Shouts to him. I don't even know his name, but he's just the giant Biff. meathead coach. And it's probably Biff. smashed his head up against a player's <laughs> helmet before the game a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, um, just like these other games, uh, out of all the bowl games play, being played in bowl season, as Sean would say, 
This is another one of them. This, this is, is one. Definitely, definitely. one of them. <clears throat> All is, right. This is entirely one of them. Let, I'll just say before we move on that if I was that strength and conditioning coach's mother, I would be very upset that he's not wearing a jacket. <laughs> what a poor example he is setting you're, for those impressionable Emma, college students. You're such a great dad. <laughs> Speaking of which, I think it's time for uh, some adventures in parenting. I think so, too. Okay, so uh, Emma, I've, I've got yeah. three three wives already. <laughs> do you want to lead us off on this one? Yeah, let's do it. Um, let's see. So most recently, um, I was I got home and I said hello to my lovely wife. I kissed my little daughter, who is uh, eighteen months, and I was like, "Where's my son Hendrix, my three year old boy?" My wife says he's outside playing in the snow. I look outside the window expecting him to be making snow angels or making a snowman. No, the dude had taken off his boots and his socks and was running back and forth on the frozen snow ground (laughs) and then like sliding like in his snow clothes, but his feet were like bare. Gosh. And I was like, what in the world? So I go out there and like, hey, come put your shoes back on because it's cold. And then he started crying because he didn't want to. And then it turned into crying because his feet were cold. (laughs) And then it turned into crying because I had to take him into the house so that he wouldn't get frostbite and lose his feet. So uh, that was my day in parenting. Um, What about you? Well, I I was going to say I thought that you were going to go in a completely different direction with that. I thought that maybe he was going to be like stripped down. Oh, to, no. like his diaper and like maybe like I, I guess he's potty trained he's now. He's potty trained. Uh, but like maybe like peeing in the snow or something. Which this... he no, thankfully he hasn't discovered that yet. Okay, yeah. he he pees outside all the time. Oh gosh! Once, if you have a boy, you just know that they're gonna pee everywhere. And yeah. So you kind of at the beginning just want to point them in the direction where they can pee, and so you right. just leave them outside. He only pees outside mostly. <laughs> also, for parents of small boys. It doesn't get better. <laughs> yeah. So, sure. well, this is where I'm going to go with my adventure in parenting. Um, the last couple of days, my kids n- learned a new trick. Um, okay. He has learned to pee on dad. Um, <laughs> and it literally doesn't matter if he's completely filled a diaper with urine. Like if he had already gone. Yeah, he's gone. And like I will. So we had someone tell us like before we my wife gave birth, like. Um, if you, when you have a little boy, if you wipe his stomach with like a, a wet wipe because it's cold, it'll make him pee. Like before you take, before the, you take diaper the diaper off. off. Yeah. And so I usually I'll wipe him with this thing real quick and he'll pee and I wait like 30 seconds just to make sure it's all out. And that way when you're opening the diaper, he doesn't start peeing when the cold air hits. Yeah. Well, um, he's he, been tricking me, I guess, because the like the last preserves. like three times that I've, uh, <laughs> been changing him. The first time it happened um, was on uh, on Monday. It's my day off, and so I'm spending a little bit more time with him than normal, and uh, I'm changing him. And all of a sudden, I like I was like reaching for something, and I feel something warm on my leg, and I look down, and he's <laughs> oh. just peeing all over my leg. And yeah. so I'm like huh. freaking out. And I'm like trying to cover it, and it's you know like I late. don't have anything. My hands it's splashing everywhere, and so I finally like grabbed his old diaper and threw it on top, and got him to stop. I pull it away, and then he just, you know, goes number two everywhere, all over me. So we gave him his first bath the oh, other day. Oh, wow. Um, 
because of this. And yeah. he actually enjoyed bath time. But Baths are fun. Um, and again, last night, uh, I get home from work, and um, I feed him, change him, do all that stuff. And, uh, of course, while I'm looking away, I was reaching for uh, his um, uh, Desitin cream. Uh-huh. Um, and I looked down, and I felt, like, some pressure on my shirt, like, it kind of felt like something was splashing up against it. And I looked down, he's just peeing all over my shirt. <laughs> um, so, oh my gosh. Uh, yeah, my kids learned a new trick, um, which he'll never unlearn. Um, yeah. Is to pee all over dad. And so he's really good at it. Um, he has good aim. Um, very impressed with his form. And uh, yeah, so my uh, new thing, I mean, my kid doesn't do much, but he uh, he's mastered peeing on dad. You know what? Speaking of great form and <laughs> execution, well, that's called a segue. Is that a segue? That no, is that a was segue. The worst segue ever. That is that is a segue <laughs> worthy of a couple of achievements. Yeah. Uh, another another thing that's splashing a lot are threes from the Utah Jazz. <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> Oh my gosh! All right, you lost me. Twenty of them. Yeah, no, you lost me. Twenty threes in the last game. Um, I was at home um, doing dad things, so I was shocked when I looked at the updates on my phone. At the Jazz, were not only beating the Spurs, they were killing them. And did you guys watch the game? It's the Kyle Korver effect. I didn't have a chance to uh, to watch the game, but um, looking at San Antonio right now, they're a little bit of a mess. And I, it was a game I was worried about um, yeah. heading into Tuesday, but I think San Antonio's given up like over 130 points in its last four games, including LeBron scored 20 last night. Uh, granted, this was on a back-to-back for mm-hmm. San Antonio that they're on the road, but he scored 20 in the fourth quarter, 42 points overall against San Antonio. Um, they don't really have a rim defender. Um, their best perimeter defender went down with injuries, so they're just kind of – a little bit in no man's land right now, and the Jazz caught him at the right time, and bringing Corver in brought a little bit of a splash, and yeah, um, I think he's kind Pun of ignited intended. this team a little bit, and uh, I think so too. I, I just like I, and I don't. We didn't talk about this last week because we um, had a very abbreviated pod on Sunday, but the the addition of Kyle Corver is just. It's been a really nice fit for the Jazz so far with what it's been able to create. Um, well, allow Donovan Mitchell to create. Uh, he has more driving lanes because you got to really respect the three when Kyle's on on the court. Yeah. Um, and when you have him paired with Joe Ingles, uh, you really have to respect the three-point line. And so Donovan now has driving lanes, and it's going to open up. I know Dante's kind of out of the rotation right now, but um, when he kind of works his way back in, it's going to open up driving lanes for him. Yeah. Uh, it's going to allow more um, opportunities for the pick and roll with, mm-hmm. like, Ricky and Derek and um, even Donovan and Rudy. Rudy. Um, it's going to be it, – it just allows the offense to do a lot, a lot of other things that they weren't able to do because of the lack of a threat that they really were because they were 29th in the league yeah. in three-point shooting before they made the trade. And now they're up to, like, I think 25 or 24. So they're making some move in just three games since they've added Korver. Yeah. Yeah, they're making progress. And, and what I really like about bringing in Kyle Korver there is not only does it – does he himself make Utah a better shooting team, but just his veteran presence – Having somebody on the court who's not afraid to kind of take that quote unquote last shot, even if it's not really the last shot, but mm-hmm. that kind of last shot mentality. Yeah. I think that that kind of that lets Donovan or Joe 
um, or even Grayson Allen in the limited minutes that he occasionally gets. So that kind of frees them up and, and, and leaves them open to not necessarily feel like they have to be the guy mm-hmm. all of the time. Absolutely. Or it makes everyone feel just an elevated sense of confidence. I think Donovan mentioned earlier today in the uh, shoot-around at Jazz that um, just having Korver there helps everyone have confidence that, you know, hey, even if I'm not going to hit, everyone else is going to hit. If, even if I'm shooting and not hitting the buckets I need to, someone will. Kyle Korver will. And so, yeah, <clears throat> um, pretty interesting. I'm excited for the Jazz. Um, How did you guys feel about this trade um, when it happened? <sighs> With AB? Yeah. Um, I loved it. I, so I'll say it. I loved it. I think it was That's, a win for everyone. I, I th- think it was a win for everyone. Yeah, I think after it settled, I was like, okay, that's fine. Because um, I do like Corver. I think he's a great player. Um, I do like AB, but I also think that he wasn't excelling as quickly as we need him to. Yeah. Um, and we need a definite impact. And Corver brings that spark that we kind of need. Um, plus, it was nice to see AB hit that game-winning shot when the Cavs mm-hmm. played the – who were they playing? In his first game in Cleveland. Yeah, I forget who the Cavs were playing. I'm but. not sure, but they won a game, which yeah. uh, that was in question for some time. No, I uh, I like this trade for both parties because, yeah. um, you know, A.B. has spent – this is his seventh season in the NBA, all with the Jazz. Um, he has been around for a long time. He, he's kind of like this guy that, oh, yeah, you know, the Jazz have him. A lot of fans really liked having him around. He was a good presence in the locker room. But he wasn't doing anything for his personal value, yeah. um, and he's set up now – with Cleveland that he can play his way into a pretty big contract, um, you know, get three or four years um, with a, at a pretty good price range, better than what he probably would get if he were to come back to Utah. Um, in fact, he probably wouldn't be coming back to Utah, but he's yeah. going to be able to um, explore the free agent market and get a nice contract and um, be a key contributor on a team rather than um, a guy coming off the bench and, you know, occasionally yeah. having a sporadic night where he plays really well and, um, because his play has been sporadic, and you know we saw last year against uh, the Rockets what he can do, but yeah. he just wasn't getting enough minutes to do it consistently. Definitely, yeah. It's just he just needs more minutes. Is yeah. all. Yeah, and and he and at at the end of the day, I, I mean, Alec had a lot of time and a lot of chances, and he was just stunted so many. I feel like he was just stunted so many steps and a, with a lot the of it Jazz had to do with his because injuries. of injuries, um, and also in part because of just other guys, younger guys in particular, that needed time to be seasoned and developed and that kind of thing, who played very similar roles to what Alec Burks was playing. Um, sometimes guys just need a change of scenery. Yeah. And this this was a change of scenery for AB that I think worked out well for him. The Jazz were able to get out from under his contract, which will help them um, a little bit going forward. Obviously, they've got to take on Kyle Korver's contract. I think but it saves them about Three million. Yeah, a year. they're they're still gonna they're still gonna save about two and a half or three million down the road, depending on some incentives and stuff. I think, but um, so so it helps them out there, and as much as anything, Kyle Korver, like when he was here before and even right after he left, he still felt like a Utah guy. He felt like yeah. a Jazz guy. He yeah. was a guy that Jazz fans could always claim as, yeah, he was truly one of us. And even when he's playing in Atlanta or playing in Cleveland right. or whatever, um, they still felt like they could claim him as kind of one of these Jazz guys. He's mm-hmm. a traditional Jazz guy. Yeah. Uh, and now when you pair him with a Quinn Snyder system, yeah, it makes even more sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I just I, plus I, female jazz fans love this trade. 
Yeah, I think we talked about that a little bit earlier that um, we saw the tweets afterwards of like people screenshotting texts from their wives. Kyle Korver's back. The wives are more excited than the uh, husbands who are the actual jazz fans. But yeah, um, season ticket sales have exploded. <laughs> they have. Yeah, I, I just think that, um, you know, adding Kyle, uh, like I said earlier, opens up a lot of what the jazz can do. And um, it's just going to allow for more potential for some of these young guys that don't necessarily have a three point skills skill set but are more uh able to drive and kick and uh, create that way so i'm a fan of it and uh i mean we're uh, we're about 20 minutes away from tip against the uh, rockets but yeah um i'm excited to see what they're able to do against a team that spaces the floor really well and um th- but has struggled a little bit in houston yeah so yeah anything else i think that's everything that we got for tonight i mean Sean want to talk movies that he's seen that we haven't, um, but we should probably go. Wait, wait, you're not seeing movies anymore, Zach? No. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to admit this on the podcast. So go see uh, Creed 2. I completely understand where Hema was coming from with like not being able to see movies because I haven't been to a movie since the end of October, um, and I do have movie pass. It's real. So like, it's not like I have like a financial obligation to not go. It's just. Uh, I have a time commitment to a new human being that uh, depends on me now. So yep, kids suck up all your time. Yes, absolutely. It's real. <laughs> I'll, I'll give my suggestions then. I do not have Movie Pass anymore. I finally canceled it after they literally would not let me check into a movie for two and a half months. Thanks, Movie Pass. Uh, <laughs> but uh, y'all need to see Creed two. Okay. I'm gonna say that need to see Creed two. Uh, those of you who have seen Creed two. Uh, hit us up with other suggestions at KSL Sports on Twitter, and uh, maybe we'll take some of them. Or at least I will. Zach and Hemma won't as much. Yeah. Um, also, new Robin Hood. Really good. Really? Really good. Kay. I'm a fan. We'll talk about that on Sunday. Yeah, I am I, I am more. most definitely a fan of the new Robin Hood. Uh, great film. Uh, and Oh, and uh, I'm surprised Zach hasn't seen this yet. Bohemian Rhapsody. Or as yeah. I like to call it, the un the unchronicled memoirs of uh, Freddie Mercury, because it's really not so much a Queen movie; it's a Freddie movie. Yeah. Um, but it works out really well. Works out great. Uh, by the final scene, spoiler alert: it ends or comes close to ending with the Live Aid concert, um, the world's largest concert that was for Africa back in the eighties, and was it was pretty three m- different locations. Yeah. Um, at uh, the same time. Yeah, the, and it was pretty much essentially queen's last hurrah they released a couple things afterwards but it was kind of their big going away party um and i got super emotional during that final scene interesting so uh great film bohemian rhapsody robin hood and then creed 2 okay as well cool we'll have um, to check that out in a few months yeah both of us well we'll talk netflix <laughs> we'll uh we'll <laughs> when they roll it out on netflix we'll, we'll uh, watch it in it 20 minute parts 20 minute pieces <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's uh, we'll talk more movies on our Sunday pod for sure when we have more time to dedicate to it. But uh, we just thought we'd get back to get the gang back together, one reunite the band one last time, <laughs> reunite the band one last time. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening to our podcast. And I think there's only one way to end this one. In honor of you, Kyle, welcome back, Corver. <laughs> Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket. I welcome back to that same old.
place that you laughed about Well, the names have all changed since you hung around But those dreams have remained and they've turned around Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? Who'd have thought they'd lead ya? I mean, everybody wants to be special, but I don't think we're that special.